Welcome back to Made in the 80s, podcasts about the 80s by people who were made in the 80s. I'm Shalia, and we have Tim and Kendon. Welcome back, another week. Just a lot of enthusiasm for this movie. Oh, yeah. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Tim said, uh, really? No, no, I, I enjoyed it. I didn't know that you were enthused by it. I was thinking maybe energized. Is it Tom or Tim Curry? Tim Curry. Yeah, he was all over the place in like a almost manic way, but yeah. Anyway, we're going to talk about it in a little bit. Friends, I'm going to put the timestamp in the show notes. What are we talking about? The movie this week is Clue 1985. No, 84. Yeah. We'll play Clue later. (laughs) But first, we're going to do some catching up. Uh, Tim, you got any news? A little bit of news. Uh, There's a brief Black Panther is going to start filming next summer. That's a little bit of news. Well, I mean, we don't know much about it other than one of the guys cast is playing the one of the one of the villains. He's a guy from Narcos. I yeah. only kind of recognize him. I mean, Narcos. the thing is, is Black Panther was amazing, and this is the first I'm hearing of them actually saying we're doing a second one. So yeah. this is really? exciting. Didn't yeah. they? They uh, they already had him on con. Well. They had Chadwick Boseman before he sadly passed on for a contract for multiple Black Panther movies. Correct. Sure, but we, they, I haven't heard them actually say, okay, Black Panther 2 is a go. I think it was on their, okay. I think it was on their calendar. Yeah, it was still on their calendar. So back when he died and we were like, oh, that's why they weren't moving forward with the second one. Maybe that's why that that we they were moving support i think the amount of well first of all it was on their plan and the level of enthusiasm and popularity that that movie had everybody crossing their chests on a regular basis there's no yeah. way that there was not going to be a sequel of one time for another and it was successful and that year it came out it was the highest grossing domestic film in the united states but so for some reason it didn't make top 100 of people's best movies of the decade that's in a lot of movies in a decade. <laughs> a lot of movies came out. Yeah. Um, okay. Top 100. Wasn't there another really? Marvel movie that came out close to it? Uh, Infinity War. So it topped Infinity War? Infinity War had a bigger global box office. Black Panther had a bigger domestic box office. Really? Mm-hmm. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. Kind of insane. And I'm to- also- to that point, to it sort of being pushed, one of the things I was going to mention, you know, that Wonder Woman is going to be coming on HBO Max, Wonder Woman 84. Yay! Um, so... We, we should review that. <laughs> really? <You> think? <laughs> yeah. One, one, of, one of the things, um, I mean, people always, people were asking why, you know, they're pushing it to streaming. It's like, you, you run up against a calendar and with COVID, with everything being pushed, you know, you're pushing into these projected release dates. So that's why you get something like Wonder Woman 84. It's like, you know what, we're just going to put it on HBO Max. We'll make it a whole streaming service. It'll tie into, you know, Justice League being on HBO Max in, you know, a month later. Um, and so, you know, with Black Panther, I'm sure they had ideas, but when COVID happened, like everything kind of gets pushed. I so think production gets pushed. All the whole calendar gets mushed around. I think we're going to definitely watch Wonder Woman on the uh, 
projection screen downstairs. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, I don't think there was ever any question in my mind that there was gonna be Black Panther too. It's just, mm -hmm. this, this is big news to me. I, this is the first time I'm hearing it being real, but maybe I just missed it. No, um, it's certainly exciting. exciting. And you know, Shuri. She'll probably be Black Panther, right? Yeah, there's a strong chance. She's a star. So, you know, the person you put in that role, you want to be a star. You can still build around the, the, the themes of Black Panther and Wakanda and its integration into the United States and the rest of the world around her. Which is, in, which is interesting because she was the most, like, how do I say, uh, plugged into the modern rest of the world. Yes. In the, in the movie. Internet memes, at least. Yeah. And Coachella. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's very exciting news. Anything else you got? That's it for me. That's it for news. Kendon, do you got any news? Um, it's a brief mention. There's talk of slash confirmed Ryan, Ryan Reynolds remake of Clue, which is um, related to this. But I think we can talk more about the future of Clue later in the uh, episode. But it's I just weird. want it's to say. It's weird. What's weird? It's weird timing. Yeah. Um, I thought you meant it was weird because we very often will choose a movie and then somehow it becomes relevant in the news at the same time. So I feel like I'm partially clairvoyant. You got the pulse on. I mean, what what have we said? Like all of the nostalgia stuff being 30 years later, we are the demographic. And so is it is it you being clairvoyant or is it you being exactly the person that they are channeling when they're like what should we make next i mean it's a mix of the two right but hitting it within the same couple of weeks or a month i think still means a little extra <laughs> so um yeah so yeah. yeah ryan reynolds let's yeah ryan reynolds not who i would have guessed but i'll definitely be asking you guys how you would recast Clue. he's definitely funny i don't know if i could see him doing the end of this movie the way that tim curry does oh is it is it that character that I don't would know be? but that is the standout character of the movie but it's almost like I'm starting to review the movie before we get to the review section so okay well so any other news for you Kendon no 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 that's about it all right I have I have news the news is we made a new friend our new friend is Scott I don't know if Scott wants his government name provided or the last government name is the first name too huh no no okay just the last name yeah. Cool. Yeah. I don't know if Scott wants his government name provided, so I'm not going to share it. But Scott wrote an article about us uh, as part of this, like, I don't know, getting to know Kendon a little better at school. And then, so that was really cool. And then he made a new video for us. So we've shared it on our um, social media already, but it's uh, made in the 80s in like a Back to the Future style like little video clip. I don't know what you call it. Um, so thank you, Scott. I love it. It's really cool. Very cool. It's got a really great uh, like sound clip there. Of Actually, look at Tim's shirt. He's li he's literally wearing a Back to the Future shirt. Wearing a Back to the Future shirt. Yes. Like eight big graphics. And speaking of Christopher Lloyd, we're going to talk about him yeah. being a little bit different in, a, in this movie, Clue. Still okay. playing a doctor. But yes, that's right. He's in the sciences. Okay, any other news for anybody? Going once, going twice. All right, three times a charm. What have you guys been up to? What are you thinking about doing, watching, reading, listening to? 
I watched Alex Ryder on on uh, Amazon. It's like an IMDb TV show. Have you heard of it? Uh, yeah, I've been seeing previews about it. How did you like it? It's fun. It's uh, it's funny because the ads make it look different than what it is. Like the story is pretty interesting about this kid who finds out something about his uncle and ends up finding himself involved in some espionage. And it's good. It's eight episodes. It gets right to the point. We got a bit of misdirection, some cool characters, some cool bad guys. Yeah, it was fun. It nice. Was fun. And cool. then I've been caught up on The Undoing on HBO. Have you guys watched that? Not familiar with that one. We oh, just crazy. We huh? just got we just got HBO on our big screen. Oh, I guess that's news. I guess that is news because Amazon and uh, HBO have come together uh, to finally allow streaming. So we'll be able to or streaming off of a fire stay. So we'll yeah. be able to watch the things that Tim's been watching. We'll at least be able to catch up with what's Lovecraft Country. <laughs> oh, fun fact: last week we paid to rent Private Benjamin because we forgot it was on HBO. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Okay, but what's Undoing about? It's about this this uh, married couple and this woman dies and um, they're somehow implicated in her murder. It's only it's a, it's a it's a limited series and so there's only six episodes. So the episode six is next Sunday. So it'll be the end of it. So they're gonna wrap up this whole crazy storyline. It's great. It's got Donald Sutherland in it, Nicole Kidman, um, Hugh Jackman. No, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant plays the husband. Sounds like a pretty great cast. Like Emmys in this movie, in the show. They're all acting really well. It's great. I like these limited series, too, because I, I literally said to Shalia, um, I was starting to lean towards wanting to watch more movies because they're less of a commitment. But a limited series, knowing that I'm going to get you know, the end of the story. I think yeah. there's a lot of motivation to watch through. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. That's what I've been watching. They, they were pretty interesting, pretty fun stuff to watch. Oh, and I watched Crudes, the new Crudes movie. Like the caveman? Yeah, the animated. It's fun. If you got kids, it's worth a watch. When you say new, is this two or three of them? Two, the second one. Because there's a TV show too. Yeah, it comes out on the 25th, so. A Christmas gift? No, no, of course. Thanksgiving. November. <laughs> Thanksgiving no. gift, which is actually, we'll take it. Happy yeah. Thanksgiving week, by the way, guys. Yes, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, my Thanksgiving is being delivered by Blue Apron this year. Brought to you by Blue Apron. Yeah, Blue Apron, which is not officially a sponsor of this podcast. But, but fuels, the fuels the podcast in many ways. Fuels go. the podcast. Um, in this case, they they have like a pork uh, a holiday dinner that so you know for two people. Which since Thanksgiving is being downsized this year, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I heard they're running out of um, the like little little turkeys at the store because people are buying smaller birds and more of them versus the yeah the big bird to share um yeah all right what else is going on anything else tim that's it for me who wants to go first i'll go first okay 
Um, Shalia and I have been watching more Star Trek together. <laughs> Which one? So I think we mentioned that we finished Deep Space Nine, right? Mm -hmm. um, and Shalia was very sad to see that crew go. And then we immediately, or fairly immediately, jumped into Voyager, which I had somehow in my head kind of written off as a bit lesser. Like, maybe I didn't, and I didn't finish it back when I was a kid, because I was kind of an older teenager by the time it was in the mid-seasons. Mid mm -hmm. But right now, I think I've been having more fun with it than I did with the other ones, even. Um the crew is a little more like intimate and they're trying to get the, the idea of Voyager, the premise is they get flung across the, the galaxy and have to find their way home. So the idea was to get it back to like more of the exploration nature that the original series had. Right. And I don't know. I like the captain. Um, she's very enthusiastic and very different captain style than the others. And I was like, I wonder how Shalia is going to, you know, because Shalia has to move on to a new group of people and get ready and get settled with them. And she took to this captain very quickly. Yes. Um, and the rest of the crew is just fun. I really like the idea of having um, a, a Vulcan as the security chief. Right. It's like, it's like, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and plus, I remember, like, I'm having a lot of memories that come back to me that I think I really identified. It's a black Vulcan on top of it, which I really liked. And then they have the doctor, which is kind of like our data substitute in this show, where he's a holographic emergency doctor. But since their real doctor died, they just leave him on all the time. And he's developing more and more of a personality. Um, this is a fun, this is this has been fun so far, other than skipping the holodeck episodes, because I get sick of those. I'm going to say, you love those holodeck episodes where they get, they're trapped on the holodeck. <laughs> we literally just skipped one of those. Yeah. They're stuck in the 1920s. They're stuck in the dinosaur age. It's, it's so ridiculous. And it's always times like before the show. They're limited to times before the show was created. It's yes. like people in the future don't go back to a past that is still our future. Right. <laughs> so uh, that always gets a little uh, dicey. So yeah, we skipped that. But uh, Shalia, what do you think of it? Yeah, I I really like it. I was definitely sad to um, leave the Deep Space Nine folks, but this cast I really like. I like now, you know, who knows how it's going to turn because we're still a couple episodes in, but um, I like not being at war. So yeah. in Deep Space Nine, it was just kind of like, we got to do this, we got to do that. And this is like Kendon was saying, just exploration. Now I have questions about like, wait, why are they doing this thing or that thing? And I'm also a little bit like, stop exploring and hurry up and go home. I don't feel like you need to go over here or do this thing. But so far they've tied most of it into like, it could be a way to get home quicker because otherwise they're going to take like 50 years to get there. So I really like that. It seems, I mean, it seems like a diverse cast and I don't know, I haven't done like actual math to, to check it out, but <laughs> diversity math. Yeah. I haven't done that to like how many people of color and all of this stuff, but, um, but I just, it feels like a, a mix. Well, she crew. was the first main woman captain. Yeah, maybe that's, that's a major part of it. One. Mm -hmm. And Chakotay. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, Tim, did you ever watch the show? I did, but not like regularly. Yeah, so it's interesting. I remember it being cool that Chakotay, who's a Native American in the show, was there. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is, but there's some real awkward things that happen. Like for people who are in the future, 
it's clearly right. it's clearly a future that was imagined in the mid nineties. Because yeah. like one character is like, oh, is that an ancient Indian trick? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was like, everything here is wrong. That's okay. He's so a native. That is one of the fun things about it. Is like this is so. This is 93, 94, trying to be woke. And there is a lot in there where we're like, ooh, <laughs> like maybe you shouldn't, I mean, you should try, but like some of it's problematic. The other funny thing is that there's so much sexual innuendo. No, it's not innuendo. It's like phrasing. What's that word? It's double it's entendre. Unintentional, yeah, unintentional double Puns. entendre to the point where I'm falling out of my chair laughing because my mind's in the gutter. Yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculously funny. And then- I have created bingo cards um, so that um, Carme and Kendon and I can have something to do while we're listening to all of this ridiculous science space yeah. jargon. This is so the first series fun. I think where she was comp like even felt compelled to do so. She was immediate. I was like, you know what? Like this would be a good bingo show or a show for bingo. And I, and I look over at her and she's like, I'm already making cards. <laughs> I was in the middle of making bingo cards when Kenan said that. He's like, we should start a list and make a bingo card. I was like, uh-uh, that list is already populated. So that, that's been fun. The other thing I'll say is um, part of the reason why Voyager helped in terms of transition from Deep Space Nine is the fact that they were running at the same time. So you have Deep Space Nine start and Voyager start like the next year. And it makes sense now because I was like, I had another one. So we're just around the same crew, but not there. And we're how are there we're just gonna go fight the Cardassians or the founders or whatever in a different ship. And like now I understand, oh no, we're off in a, our own thing. Yeah, it's, so it's like nice that. to show like the different things that Starfleet is getting up to. And I might be wrong about this, but I wanna say there was maybe a season in which there were three treks going at the same time. No I way. Might, I might have been in heaven, but it could have been that next generation had just ended when voyager started so it was only ever two main tracks going at a time but anyways yeah yeah well and then you also have like the old ones always running as well so yeah. you've got plenty I, of I content very little um how do i say affection for the old one like I, i've tried to watch it always used to come on before the next generation when I was growing up and I would sit and I'd watch them and I was just like, this is not the same thing. <laughs> but yeah. I like the movies. I like like all of the original cast movies pretty much, even the bad ones. Okay, that explains it. I was giving you some strong face just now because I was like, I call bullshit. But if you're talking about just the show and not the cast, like the cast in general, because I was like, uh, you're always trying to make me watch those movies. But Yeah, those movies are fun. Different thing. Okay. Anyways, that's that's Star Trek hour. What else have you been up to? Um, well, let's stay in space. Um, I'm excited that the Expanse is coming back on the 16th of December. Um, so I just uh, found out there was a new short story. Um, and it takes place between books eight and books nine. So quite a while um, before the show gets there. But um, it's about a governor who's taking over a planet. Um, who, because a major military entity has taken over a lot of things. Oh. So he's coming to a planet that has most recently been uh, taken under the, the, uh, the power of, of this group. I'm trying to be as, you know, lack of details as possible. I have a quick cool question for you. 
if someone's never watched The Expanse, can they just go to Amazon and watch them all, or, or is it split up somewhere? I think you can go to if I yeah you can go to Amazon because they bought the show and the last two seasons have been Amazon um, produced. Yeah. Um, so in this book, basically, it's, the book is about entrenched corruption and how even how a new, like powerful military entity with the latest technology, when it gets down to dealing with actual planets and getting people to actually do the things you you need them to do that that pre-existing economy, ecology of corruption and, and all of that sort of thing will resist even a mighty, you know, mighty military power. Um, and it's, it's just really real, well written. Um, I listened to it like I did most things. And so it was only about two and a half hours. So I would recommend that. And then one last thing is I've started to lift uh, dumbbells. <laughs> Because, huh? On purpose. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. Uh, yeah, on purpose. Um, even a little bit with Shalia, because um, a YouTuber who I uh, listen to he usually talks about how things work. But when COVID came, he was talking about ways to deal with being, you know, stuck indoors, which is a uh, we're we're going back into lockdown. And he said, you know, exercise is good. And he just happened to mention that um, lifting weights is one exercise where you see progress pretty quickly and i was like um so immediate gratification or immediate results is something i appreciate so <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead and do this there's an app on my phone the app organizes everything which i really appreciate so that's what i'm up to it's put me in a i don't know in a good space yeah yeah um, okay, quickly, what I've been up to, I'm just going to focus on two things, and they're sort of related. I mentioned it before that I had been watching The Queen's Gambit. Mm -hmm. uh, so I finished The Queen's Gambit, and I really enjoyed it, and I enjoyed the chess piece about it. I just didn't ever really understand chess. I feel like they explained it in a way that helps. Obviously, I don't know how to play chess yet. I haven't, you know, refreshed myself on the rules. I don't know any of the different types of moves but um it the way they explained it made it seem understandable for the first time ever so that was really fun i enjoyed it and then um i happened to watch kendon the other day be playing one of his strategy um video games on his phone and it's like um it's called anti-yoy or anti-yoy a-n-t-i-y-o-y all one word and it's one of those where it's like uh, have some troops move forward, but don't move forward too fast because you've got to be able to defend your homeland or like the, your, your headquarters. And also you need to have enough, um, like homes or whatever to support your troops or they'll die. So you can't like, you've got to like save money to do that, but it's not like some of those games where you have to like, I need this kind of money and that kind of money and this thing and that thing. It's just, it's super simple. It's like, one kind of house to make you money right mm -hmm. kind of so i liked that a lot and it's also very graphically simple super simple like dos like dos in the 90s simple which wow. i like about it it's it's way um it's way more appealing to me than the other games that i've played that are similar and so much so that i spent about probably 15 hours over the weekend playing this how like, many? Let's say probably 15. 
Oh, it eats up. It eats up time. It eats up a lot a of time. Kenan keeps, Kenan keeps warning me, but he's like, "You should probably take a break." And I'm like laying in bed playing for like three more hours after he's like asleep snoring, and I'm still playing. Um, it used to be a podcast game for me. It, it works really well if you're listening to a podcast or a book, especially when you used to ride the train to work. Yeah, it's. Um, I got myself really car sick on the way home because I wanted to play and I was. Is super that why sick. you were sick? It's why I got sick. Yeah, I thought it was <laughs> I was, because I was driving wildly, well, but apparently not. The outside air was coming in, and I was getting a lot of exhaust from the other cars. And then you did do that turn, so I can kind of blame you, but mostly it's because I was looking down playing a game, and I, I was I get motion sick. Anyway, I highly recommend it more than other ones that are it's similar. Then was it called again? Game I like. It's called Anti Yoy. A-N-T-I-Y-O-Y. And, and it's free. And where do you get it from? What do you, how do you? I don't know. App Store. It's, you play it on your phone. So I got it from the iTunes App Store. I got it from the Google Play Store since I'm on Android. But yeah. it's like, again, super simple. And it's like, it's fun because you have to expand, but also predict what they're going to do. So you have to pay attention to what they're going to do in order to like, because then you like, you've placed all your things and then you push go and then the next turn happens. And so then it comes back to you. So it's like the computer has a chance to like eat your people. And then you get, have to like recover from that. And I've been thinking about it in a lot of ways. Like it's seeping over into like my real world life of looking at strategy and thinking, okay, if I do this, that person might do that. What's the next, like I, I used it in my um, court hearing today. <laughs> I was thinking about it like, well, if I do this, they're going to argue that. And then anyway, it, it's exercising a part of my brain that I use that is skillful, that good. has good skills to it. So I highly recommend it. There is no eating of people. She's just gotten used to my terminology since I've been playing that game so long. I talk about eating up territory and stuff like that, but it's supposed to just be characters fighting. I just said eating versus killing because it's it's pretty... I try not to think about what it really is, which is like empire murder, bad stuff. Yeah. So I, I try to not think of it in that way. Anyway, that's, that's what I've been up to. You guys ready to go back to the eighties? Yeah. Let's do it. All first question. The horror movie, Christine. <laughs> wow. It's about. A possessed blank with a really bad attitude. Car. The car. What type of car was it? Do we remember? Chrysler. Plymouth. Oh, okay. Seven. It was a 78, right? 77. Uh, 77. I was trying to remember the time. Wait, it was it was an older car than that. 68. 67. 57. 57. Oh, it was yeah. um the same year as uh La Bamba. Yeah. Died. Yeah. Okay. So our memory is not too bad. <laughs> All right. Here we go. What Johnny Depp starring TV show was about a group of young looking cops going undercover in high 21 school? 21 Jump Street? Yeah. I forget that was the 80s. It was the 80s. Which? That's a very 80s concept. Yeah. Yeah. Holly Robinson. It was such a great show. It really was. Was it uh, Greco? What was the name? That name? Uh, Danny? Danny yeah. Yeah. Is this a show worth uh, reviewing? It's yes. definitely on our list, for sure. And I also really liked the remakes. They were ridiculously funny. 
the movies were funny. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which 1981 Kim Karnes C-A-R-N-E-S song is about a woman with hair that's hollow gold and lips that are sweet surprise? No idea. Can't help you. Bette Davis eyes. She's also She's got Betty Davis eyes. That song? I don't yeah, know. I, I never knew who made that song. I like that song. <laughs> you've wow. heard songs, Lou. Oh wow. yeah, you've heard it. For sure. She's also pure as New York snow, according to the lyrics. Oh wow, that sounds racist. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like pure? <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Everything was going great. But she's yeah. not though. I mean, think about New York snow, gross. Yeah, I the think they must, mean, they must mean right on top of uh, City Park or City Park, <laughs> Central Park, isn't City yeah. Park? Nice? Let's say that and not, you know. I wouldn't eat not snow the there. We're not <laughs> talking about a master race. <laughs> I wouldn't. I, I think you guys are right, but I also am like, I my guess is that it's not pure. She, she's not pure. It's a different. Maybe I'm wrong. Also, what kind of snow are we talking about? Hey, I don't want to go back to the fact that it's a really nice song. It is a good song. Oh, Bay is, it? is a good song. Yeah. Um, maybe we play for me later, Kendon. It's oh, great for it, karaoke. Let's do it right now. No, we're, yeah. we have a time. We have a time deadline. We can do it later. It's a great karaoke song, by the way. Mm, okay, Kendon's gonna teach it to me, and we're gonna do it as a duet. Okay. <laughs> All right. Who hosted the daytime version of The Price Is Right for the entirety of the? 80s? Bob Barker. Bob Barker. Yeah. Correct. What iconic musical device was a favorite of both breakdancer and Lloyd Dobler in the movie Say Anything? Boombox. Yeah. All right. That not card cardboard. is done. Not, not cardboard? No, not cardboard. Although we tried it in my garage a lot of times. Is I don't know what you guys are talking about. You cardboard? Had, as a, as a uh, break dancer, you'd have yeah. a, a cardboard box so you didn't scrape yourself up. Yeah, mess up your kicks. Oh. Your fit. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not actually a musical instrument. No, but very, it's the kind of box. Hip hop culture. It's yeah. Cardboard boxes. Got it. I thought you were talking about like making a fake boom box with cardboard because you couldn't afford you, a people did that too. and holding it up <laughs> and being like, ah, this works. I want to bring a, a hip hop history thing in real quick because you remember the breakdown? The show? The get yeah. down? The get down? I keep calling it that. What is the breakdown? I yeah, don't know, but... A podcast. So the get down, there's a, there's a part where uh, there was a big blackout in New York City sometime in the late 70s. It's true. And everybody stole a bunch of um, <laughs> a bunch of stu studio or stereo equipment, um, DJ equipment, and all of a sudden, like overnight, there was an explosion in hip hop DJs and, and hip hop crews. Anyways, um, in the show Hunters, <laughs> apparently that blackout was engineered by the Nazis. So <laughs> when we talked about how the Nazis are behind everything, even that show. Um. Are you guys ready to talk about Clue? Yeah. Do you want to play a game? A game, a game. The movie that makes a scene of the crime. Someone Clue. It's not just a game anymore. Okay. Clue. 1984. 1985. 
Tim, who made this movie? Wait, wh- who picked this? Kenan, why did you pick this movie? Um, it came to mind fairly recently for some reason. But since I listened to so many movie podcasts, I've just heard people reference it as this weird like experiment where they it's that it was a crazy kind of a wacky movie and a weird experiment where they put out three different endings to different yeah. theaters because they didn't want the end the, the ending to be ruined mm-hmm. so that, that's why there's actually three endings in the version we watched all three endings are shown back to back to back mm-hmm. um and we watched uh what did we watch on prime on Prime. So somebody, if a friend is watching a different uh, version, they might um, have a different set of endings at the end. But we got, we Wait, got all there's three. more endings than the ones that we saw? No, no, no. There's three, but like, for instance, I would say like in England, they got a certain ending and in other uh, releases, like a DVD release, it has that it has this ending. So they don't all have all three endings on the same in the same recording. Oh, so you're saying if somebody watched it from something else, they might not have all the endings that we had. Yeah, like if okay. they happen to have the Blu-ray or something, I don't know. Okay, but we didn't miss anything. Not that I know of. I think there's only three endings. Okay. So yeah. anyways, it sounded fun. And I really liked Knives Out, which this has some some uh, similarities to. And didn't you <laughs> yeah, you, you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> well, this movie's more frenetic, you know. Yeah. Didn't you also pick it for me? I I pick everything for you. No, but uh, why? I don't know. You like games, right? So I thought you said that. Like you're gonna like this because it's board games. You like board games. Yeah. That that was me selling you on it. Got it. Got it. This is for us. This is for us. So Tim, who made this movie? This movie is directed by Jonathan Lynn, who also directed My Cousin Vinny. It stars Eileen Brennan as Mrs. Peacock, Tim Curry as Wadsworth, Madeline Kahn, Christopher Lloyd, Michael McKean, Martin Mole, Leslie Ann Warren, Colleen Camp, and Lee Ving, and Bill Henderson, who I recognize plays the cop. We kept saying Lee Ving. His name is Lee Ving. Yeah. I think one of the cool things about this movie is those names. I'm, honestly, if you read me those names, I'm not going to recognize most of them, but the no. faces are all very familiar. And I'm like, oh yeah, that guy. Oh yeah, her. Yeah. But like, this is, this, it's, it's definitely um, in terms of the time, this is a long time ago. And Tim, <laughs> can you help me out with Tim Curry? Cause he's in like everything, but all I can think of is the Rocky Horror Picture Show which ironically is a movie I have not seen. Well, he's isn't he Rooster and Annie? Wow. Is that, that it for you guys? I know he's in a ton of things, but I can't just pull any of it off the top of my head right now. I think Rooster is like the most significant one for me. Okay. Anything else coming to mind? No, is it something so obvious? Is that why you're... you're... I'm just... Wondering if it's anything. He was a I bad guy in something. Um, what else do we know him from? He was on the TV show I watched when I was growing up. He was. I'm I'm gonna cheat. I, I literally he's in so much stuff that I can't name. He was Pennywise, an original it. 
He Good was? Good for him. That's cool. Yeah. That's not what but I But I've never seen of. it, so that doesn't help. <laughs> Anything that I know that I'm missing? Oh, he was big, his most iconic role is Pennywise. No, his most iconic role is Rooster and Annie. I don't know if that's true. I really want to say his most iconic, <laughs> literally, literally his most iconic role is the Rocky Horror Picture Show, whatever his name is in that. Whatever his name is. He's Pennywise. He's scared to hell. And it's, third, it's just, we just got up on a 30 year anniversary of, of um, the miniseries releasing on television. Oh, it was a miniseries? It was a miniseries on TV. Oh, that's scary. Um, scared the hell out of me, but I watched it anyway. Good for you. But yeah, so Kenan, do you want to tell us about this film? I'll do the best I can. This film is an adaptation of a board game. Okay. Uh, I believe more uh, successfully pulled off than Battleship. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, this but it didn't have Rihanna, so that's, that's you know. Was there a music video? No, but Rihanna was in Battleship. That's what I'm saying. Was there a music video? Or was her, her talents were wasted? Nah, I she, mean, she had like two lines. Ocean's Twelve also didn't have a video, but it was great with her. Isn't she in it? Not a board game. Oh yeah, good point. I'm just thinking of Rihanna. <laughs> so, anyways, um, it's not. It's no Guava Island. <laughs> Guava Island, <laughs> which was which was all a music video essentially. Yeah, it, the whole thing. <laughs> Forgot about that crap. <laughs> Okay, then what is Clue about? I'm going to put this as simple as possible. Um, Six, was it six? Six people, yeah. Yeah, six people are invited mysteriously to a mansion out in the middle of nowhere and all choose to attend for whatever reason. Um, There is a butler there Mm -hmm. who, after everybody arrives, um, informs them that they have all been invited there because they are all being blackmailed. Mm-hmm. And he happens to know because the seventh person, his boss named Mr. Body. Mr. Body. Uh, uh, what is his name again? Wentzworth? What, what is yeah. the... the uh, yeah. Okay. Wentzworth. Uh, he right. he um, is like, oh, I'm blackmailing all of you. But then everybody gets sent a different weapon that are all the different weapons from the the game. So you have a, a, a wrench, a pipe, a rope, a knife, mm-hmm. a gun, and a candlestick. Mm-hmm. Which is probably the wildest part of this movie, because that's just random stuff to send to everybody. And then Christopher Lloyd has a gun, and I was like, oh, you win. And then all I could think of was uh, Die Hard, where he's like, ho, 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 now I have a machine gun. Speaking <laughs> of, sorry to cut in here, but that's some pretty big news, right? Die Hard is back. Is it? With, a, with a vengeance? <laughs> it's already been a vengeance. No, really? yeah. No, like new Die Hard. Sam Jackson's in it. Did you guys not see the... Ooh. No, it's just a commercial. Yeah, you saw it. It's a commercial. It's not back. <laughs> Just a commercial for diehard batteries. <laughs> Literally. Well, not only is it not back in that way, it hasn't left because isn't it still a show on TV? No. Oh, did it get canceled? I never knew it was a show. Oh, yeah. There was a diehard TV show. Well, I don't know about that. But um, so wait, 
you can just make a commercial for a movie? Yes. That doesn't exist? Yeah. What's the point of that? Marketing. Because we're talking about it right now. <laughs> Wait. Point. Are you? I don't. I'm so confused. There is no new Die Hard movie coming out. I'm completely wrong. It's not a Die Hard. What is it with with uh, Lethal Weapon? Lethal Weapon had a TV show. That's what. Yeah, I remember, about. dude was like an asshole on that show. He got. Yeah. You remember that? Yes. Yes. Okay. Crazy on the set, and they were like, "Yo, we can't work with him." Well, they all, wait, but it's not the same guy who's acting wild on the shy. No, different guy. Okay. Okay, but back to Die Hard. Please explain this. It's a marketing for Die Hard batteries. Batteries? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's a commercial for a product. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were saying, like, it's just a commercial for a Die Hard movie that doesn't exist. No. Oh. For the battery, the car battery. It's, oh. it's, it's, it's odd because here's the thing, Julia. If you'd have seen this during the Super Bowl, you wouldn't have thought anything of it. You would have thought, oh, a cool Super Bowl commercial. But it's out in the fall and it seems out of place. Because it looks like a Super Bowl ad. It's just not. That's well, a good point. They, they kind of released it unstrategically. Also, yeah. I, um, yeah, definitely unstrategically because I didn't, like, if we weren't talking about it right now, I wouldn't know about the battery. <laughs> I missed the product. I just saw Die Hard movie. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to try to get through the, the rest of the plot of this movie. Right. You got it. My, my bad, Kenan. Sorry. Go ahead. Can you tell us why he gave them the weapons? Um, so that they could kill Mr. Body? No. Yeah, Mr. That, okay. Body gave them the weapons. Yeah, so that makes no sense that why he would bring them weapons. Now, if 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 the butler, his assistant, had brought the weapons... That makes a little more sense, but he he hands them out gleefully. Why? Wait, who gleefully handing them weapons? Okay, I don't... okay, okay. okay. I, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna happened. try my best to get through this because I just kind of watched this movie without trying to take on board every detail because I realized what it was. So I'm gonna try to get rid through it, and then we can start picking it apart. Okay, they have the weapons. The light gets turned off for some reason, and Mr. Body is now dead. Maybe. Apparently, he wasn't really dead. We find out he wasn't dead because we find out he got killed later. Um, Killed twice. um, A series of people who are not the six main protagonists whose names would be the characters in the board game show up or around and get murdered by each one of those different weapons. So six, there's six murders, right? Um, One with each of the weapons that each one of them had. And, we're tr- and meanwhile, they decide to split up, which, since it's not a horror movie, didn't bother me as much. Well, they, they also go in twos, so that yeah. makes better. Yeah, they're in pairs. In pairs, and they search the three main floors of the house, and this is when all of these murders start happening, mm-hmm. the, addi- the additional murders. And then at the end, there's a big, uh, I don't know, reveal of what's going on, which is an mm-hmm. amazing scene that I would watch again by itself, which is just Tim Curry running from place to place in a way that he does not have to but right. and and everybody's following behind him almost like um scooby-doo so i was gonna say yes yeah, scooby-doo when there's the big groups of people running behind each other it's very scooby-doo-ish um and and it's a really exciting climax where they're just it's like and then this happened and then this happened i don't know how many like actors could pull this off without um going overboard like i'm like jim carrey would do too much for right. that 
for instance. Although he did talk a little Ace Ventura when you when he like like when he would talk about Finkel as Einhorn, Einhorn is Finkel, and he would. Yeah, but I think uh, Jim Carrey wouldn't have able been able to not do more physicality. And also, there there are moments with Tim Curry where he's very subdued, like he's not yes. he's not always on. He's kind of you know, yeah, relaxed. He turns it on when he needs to, and then turns it back off. I think he, it, the part of the thing is what's interesting about the character is he turns it on because he figured it all out. It's almost like, huh, I figured it out. And now I got to tell everybody because this yeah. happened and then this happened. Anyway, so that's the climax of the movie, at which point we have three potential uh, resolutions, three endings. One of them in which Miss, it was Miss Scarlet and, mm. the, and the maid, maid doing. were working together mm. to commit the murders. Another in which Miss Peacock did the entire thing on her own. On her own. Um, and the reveal is whoever had the gun did it. So we right. have to empty their purses and pockets. Right. Yes. That's how they identify who did it. And then in the third, they all did one individual murder. Yeah. Um, they, all, they, all, they all did it. They were, I was like, why, is, why are people doing so? Actually, Remember, I was questioning as we went along the movie. I was like, "Why do they need to kill more people?" But then they give the uh, the the good explanation that each one of the people who died was somehow related to the blackmailing of different individuals in the main, main core group. So uh, the one extra thing I would add in is that somehow J. Edgar Hoover is involved and has called because this movie I don't know if we mentioned takes place in like 1954. Mm -hmm. um, I want to say. Um, and so J. Edgar Hoover has called, and somebody is undercover in each one of these different scenarios. Mm -hmm. So what type of amateur is J. Edgar Hoover to call in the middle of a undercover operation? Who knows? But in two of these endings, it's Wentzworth works for the C works for the FBI, FBI, right? Yeah. And in the third ending, who works for the FBI? The one guy. Mr. Green. Mr. Green. Mr. Green. Yes. Okay. So hopefully that was a non-confusing explanation of the overall plot of this. Oh, what was I going to say? A word that I haven't used before. Absurd, ridiculous, ludicrous. Ludicrous, maybe, was the word I was looking for. I thought it started with a P. Like preposterous. Preposterous. I was, yeah, definitely looking for a word I maybe hadn't used on the show yet. This movie is preposterous. And the two endings that we mentioned in which um, Miss Peacock uh, killed everybody and um, everybody kills everybody, I guess are the ones with the most plot holes. So I was just listening to, to uh, YouTube talk about the endings and apparently the one with uh, Miss Scarlet and the maid is the most sensible one. Yes, it is. Okay. Fun fact, Miss Scarlet, did you guys know that Princess Leia was the one who they wanted to play that? Carrie no. Fisher? Yeah. So Carrie Fisher was, they asked Carrie Fisher to do it and she wanted to do it, but she was headed into a rehab and they tried to arrange it where she could record at night and get back to rehab during the day or something like that. Like they, mm -hmm. like film the movie while she was in rehab and somehow like insurance folks were like no yeah so they didn't do it and um so that we ended up with beauty and the beast oh and one other thing miss scarlet looked like susan sarandon to me 
She does. Yeah, she does. Okay, can I just get this out of the way right now? My most frustrating thing about this movie, the thing I disliked the most. Mm -hmm. Do you know what it is, Kendon? The lack of a sibling bond? No, but good try. It is the colors. I was so frustrated that none of them, they all know what alias they have to go under and not a single one dressed in the right color. But they didn't know. Didn't did, know. They, did they all yeah, know? Yeah, they did. It said it in their thing. And that's why when Colonel Mustard's like, that's not my name. And he's like, you, it, they Mark. say it multiple times in the letter that they got, yeah. that's the alias they're going under. And I'm just like, how is it that not a single one wore the correct color? Did you want him to wear yellow? Yeah. Yeah, mustard. I wanted Wait, Miss Scarlet to wear. Colors? Yeah, I wanted Miss Scarlet to wear red. That's all. Miss Scarlet wasn't wearing red, and that really frustrated me. Also, Miss Peacock, I wanted to be in blue, but she could have also been in green. But um, Mrs. White was in black. I know that the show did it on purpose, but I didn't like it. What was the professor's name again? Plum. Oh, purple. Huh. Okay. Those are just for the game. I don't know if it translated well into the. I've never played this game. I think it would have translated. I don't know. I don't know about people in the fifties dressing like that. They would have. They like think about um, um, La La Land. Do you remember La La Land? How like they had solid color outfits and they were all really adorable and great. That's what they should have done. Anyway, it's fine that they didn't. But yeah, I, I like. The, they're going for a joke here, as far as I can tell. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't like it. Okay, can then lead us. What else do you want to talk about? Um, what else do I want to talk about? Uh, Tim Curry is really, really funny, and it's really great to have Christopher Lloyd. Um, I, I, how am I going to describe this movie? I sat back and let the movie take me on a ride. So I didn't, I don't know that I have as much to like pick apart the movie. I just let it go, and it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. Tim, was this your first time watching it, or had you seen it before? I and that's funny. I had just watched it recently, and I don't know why I was watching it. I think it was on recently because I saw parts of um, Tim Curry's like I forget the uh, for, I forget what part it was, but like part of his like fast talking stuff, and was like intrigued. So I think it must have been on. I don't know. <laughs> I recommended this movie. Neither of you guys said that you had recently seen it. I didn't remember. That's what I had seen. Oh, it was okay. just while we were watching it. I was like, hey. Well, I, I, didn't, I, I, didn't watch it. I didn't watch it in this con. I was sort of watching it for entertainment. I wasn't watching it to sort of see what was in the film. I was like, oh, I remember watching this as a kid. Yeah. And I rewatched it. But it was still fun, like, even watching it to see things that I liked and performances and the way it was structured. It was still very entertaining. Because sometimes you can get lost in these movies and if you're not watching it for those things, they can just be fun. But when you go back and rewatch it, you're like, oh, this was the terrible opening. Like, it opens great. Like, the opening is great. It reminds me of the exorcist. You sort of show up at this house. They don't give you much other than he's welcoming people in and telling them that they're here for whatever reason. It's a how great many, And how many cars had to break down to make this movie happen? I know, right? Um, did the dog poop on his shoe ever come back into play? No, I think it was just a kind of lame early ongoing gag. Early running gag. Because my I was I was overthinking it. This might be is when I decided to stop overthinking it. I was like, oh, that's gonna be a clue later on in the movie. I didn't know. There aren't any real clues in the movie. 
Yeah, the movie kind of just spells it all out for you yeah. as you're going. It's never like, oh, this thing happened. It kind of just the secret passageway, all that stuff just is revealed. Even when the cop shows up and the motorist shows up, those aren't even really clues. They're just fodder for whoever's killing people in the house. Yeah, so what, bodies. That, that makes this almost more of a slasher movie. It's like people being killed off because my understanding of the game is a single person gets murdered. Yeah. And then everybody else has to pick who the murderer was. Correct. But that's why when I was watching this, I was like, wait, somebody else is being murdered? Like, when does everybody sit down and try to figure out who the one murder? Six people were murdered in this movie. I was like, that's a like a lot of bodies. That's a lot of bodies. Somewhere between one and six, you go from a kind of cutesy murder mystery to like a slayer situation. And and that's my favorite part about, you know, when I watch these horror movies is you know, the, the body count's piling up and people are still sticking around. Yeah, nobody left. I'm like, I would be like, I'm out of here, bro. Like, Weren't they locked in? People I know that are murdered. It's time to go. They were locked in and then there was dogs as well. Yeah. At some point there was a lot. I yeah. guess that's that's a good point. But I would also just refuse to leave a room. Refuse to oh, let anybody yeah. else leave a room. My favorite part is one of the innings where he's like, hey, let's just stack the bodies up downstairs and like, Deuces. We I agree. <laughs> I agree. Like, Not a bad idea. He had a good like case that nobody was ever going to find out. No one's ever going to find out they were here. Let's just yeah. do what we got to do and get out of here. But the pol- but the police were waiting outdoors in all three cases, right? Correct. Yeah, they bust in. So yeah. even if they had have done that, they would have gotten caught. Except for in two of those cases. He is the uh, Whitworth is the, the FBI, FBI guy, so he was he was just messing with them basically, like, hey, we can all just leave now. And yeah, it's like out. it's like to catch a predator. He's like, you know, you're free to leave. <laughs> like, hide it, and it's the sheriff. Like, I was, I was never free to leave. <laughs> I was never free to. Leave. <laughs> that was never the case. You were going to arrest me no matter what. Yeah. If you unless you had just like not been killing people. Yeah. <laughs> that was also an option. So um, what's your relationship with the board game? I never really played it. I have not either. All right. Clue was one of my very favorite games uh, growing up. I loved it so much. I always fought with whomever would play with me so I could be Miss Scarlet. And I loved it, loved it, loved it. And I still think of the game when I have manila envelopes at work. And I'm like, because that's where the um, answer yeah. lies in the manila envelope. But I loved it so much. Um, there's also Clue Jr. And I loved that. It had to do with people and their pets. and uh, or kids. That was like pets. someone killed a kid. Nope. It's like a, a missing pet or something like that. Um, so much fun. I love <laughs> Clue. Wait, Tim said, I mean, that would actually make it worse than the adult Clue. Clue Jr. It's like, it's been a child murderer. It's, it's it's into the uh well, there the, is a child murderer there is a child killer let's find out who the child killer is it's like the outsider of the board game yeah yeah right Mm-mm-mm. um okay but yeah so love clue i wish i had people who would like to play clue with me as an adult i have thought i need to hurry up have kids have them grow so that they can play clue since i feel like kids are the ones who play clue yeah. although i uh, will tell you tim Kendon, I did try to teach Kendon how to play Clue uh, 
a couple of years ago, we were at a hotel and they had Star Trek Clue. Oh, wow. How, yeah. What are you trying to solve? I don't remember. One, one of the red shirts gets murdered. You got to figure out who did it. I don't know. Yeah, I'm probably. I don't, I don't remember. All I remember is Kendon didn't want to follow the rules. And so we ended up fighting and then we didn't play. <laughs> I don't remember. How did I not want to f- follow the rules? I don't understand how I didn't want to. Mm. But yeah, so that's what happened. Um, but yeah, love the game. I don't know if I have really seen this movie before, though. So I've definitely seen parts of it. But I'm not sure I've ever sat through and actually seen this movie. Um, yeah. But I, uh, but it was so, it was really fun. Kenan was saying he was just like letting it pass or, you know, watching it. I, on the other hand, had a little piece of paper and was like, oh, there's the dining room. Oh, there's the library. I see candlesticks. And I was like identifying the things. And it was so much fun to see them like go from room to room, just like you do on the board. I loved it. That was that was awesome. Are you sure it wasn't Star Trek or it wasn't Star Wars Clue? No. I don't know if Star Trek Clue exists. <laughs> Maybe it was Star Wars. It was, oh no, it was Firefly. <laughs> it was Firefly wow. Clue. <laughs> insert the sci fi clue. Sci fi in space. <laughs> that makes a lot more sense, right? Because it's a smaller. Jeez, can you imagine Star Trek clue? Like, <laughs> like one person was murdered out of a thousand people. And you're like, no, it was an alien life form that took over your brain. <laughs> yeah. There's so many options and possibilities. Fair okay, enough. that's funny. <laughs> that makes more sense. Okay, so what is your favorite room in the movie? Yeah, we're on the board i kind of like the it must have been the library i like the idea of doors that have like the business of the room on the other end of the door if that makes sense so they walk (laughs) into the library and then they close the door and the door has go ahead a bookshelf on the back yeah and the character who walks in the first time they do a funny like double take (laughs) like (laughs) wasn't there a door there (laughs) um so i really like that room Tim, what about you? I don't know if I had a favorite room. I like the when they were first in all in there, getting their gifts and trying to figure out what was going on. In the study. In the study, yeah. Is that a different room than what I was talking about? Yeah, yeah I thought you were talking about the library. The, li- the library, that's where they locked the cop in. Oh, where he makes the phone call. Okay, okay. And when J. Edgar calls. Uh, my favorite is the conservatory, which I had confused with the observatory, but I always liked the conservatory. And I'm pretty sure it was on a corner so you could have a secret staircase because you can jump from room to room. It's like the best without having to roll. You can just keep going oh, on the game and figure out the game. Oh yeah. I don't remember anything that's on the game. I want to add a bonus. I don't know if it counts, but the hallway, it might be my favorite location in the whole thing. And in, especially because it has those two chandeliers that yeah. cause, like, those are red herrings almost. It seems like it's going to land on somebody both times. Is it both, both times? Yeah. Almost Colonel Mustard both times. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's something's going to happen. And then they step out of the way just at the last minute. It was brightly lit. And like I said, I really like 
I mean, when I start talking about favorite things, it's that scene running back and forth in the hallway, essentially. And yeah. the added element to that is it looks like the board game. Because, like, do you guys remember that to get from room to room, you have to go through the hallway and there's squares? Nope. So the ground is squares. And so you have to roll the die and then you go out of the room and you have to get to another room before you can, like, get more information. And so you have to, yeah, you have to go through the hallway and, and take those blocks. And so what was really fun watching is the the floor looks like that and so it does they're going from room to room just like that it was really i disliked all of the storyline that they added and all of the extra people that they added but where they stuck true to the game i really enjoyed what all the hidden passages the hidden passages yes the use of the weapons the just everything yeah, yeah I, I i don't think i've ever looked at a clue board before yeah and the weird thing is Clue is so deeply like ingrained in our pop culture that, I mean, if you named pretty much any of these characters, any one of those weapons and a room, I would be like, yeah, Clue. <laughs> but I could not point, like, I wouldn't be able to point a Clue board out without like investigating it and realizing, oh, these are the things that I'm familiar yeah. with. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you were going to cast this, now, who would you cast in various roles? That's tough. I don't know. Kendon wants... I think Scarlett Johansson should play Miss Scarlett. That's what he wants. <laughs> I, also, I also think some fun people for this movie would be John Hamm, because I'm a fan of John Hamm. Shocking. Um, Taika Watiti, I think, has the right energy to play a yeah. good character in this. And then, I, I think it's... it's his last name is Barry. I don't know if it's Matt Barry or not, but he's um, in the IT crowd, and he also plays Laszlo in um, What We Do in the Shadows, the TV show. Yeah. That guy is hilarious. I don't know if he'd be Colonel Mustard. He would be Colonel Mustard. Yeah. Hmm. So anyways, uh, those are some people I think I would find a lot of fun in. What about you, Tim? I don't know. I haven't even thought about it. Um... I think Kenny has some good choices. I mean, I would want, you need someone who can do the comedy, but the important part is whoever's going to be in that lead Tim Curry role. Like, and you have to, that's sort of the point guard for the film and you have to build around that person. So you have to find someone like Taika who could do that. And you can sort of bounce people off of him. The question is, since the movie right now is attached to um, Ryan Reynolds in one form or another, like, do you think he has that in him or should he be like the professor or something like that? I, I think he should be the professor or something. Yeah. The two people in my mind are um, Steve Carell, I think would be really fun in this. And um, Julia Louise Dreyfus. She yeah. beep. I feel like she could be one of the fun roles. One of the, yeah, I think it would be fun. I'm excited for the remake. I, I can't picture Ryan Reynolds being the butler and doing all of that because his he's too sarcastic, jerky. Yeah. And maybe he turns that off, but I don't. No, he doesn't have another gear. Yeah, that's what I was just like. I don't. And it's gotten him this far. Why yeah. shift gears? Rom-coms, Deadpool, straight up comedies. It's That's him. It works, but he he's not going to have another. You can't downshift into anything else. Like that. Yeah. You know, I kind of wish John Oliver was still acting 
more because I think he might fit this the tone of this movie kind of fun as well. You know, he could. He could totally. He'd freak out. Talk like this. You know great is you Grant. Did you guys watch The Gentleman? No, I haven't. Gentleman is great, but you Grant is so good in it. He could he could pull it off. Absolutely, I but agree. He's sort of narrating the story with him and uh, the guy from Sense of Anarchy, Charlie Hunnam. And it's, the movie revolves around him telling Charlie Hunnam this story. He's so ridiculous in it. Like, it made me love him even more because he's so crazy in it. He would be great in this. He would be great in it. Surely I make a mental note to watch that movie, please. Okay. I mean, for us for us to watch that movie. It's been on our list, or it's been on my list. I just it's, yeah, it's haven't great. done it. I think so, one... I think one thing we should we should also mention is if it is a remake of the movie, one thing Shalia was frustrated is, is that it doesn't follow the concept of the game so much because so many people are being murdered and they're not doing clues. So this game or, or like this remake might hew closer to what the movie is or to the what the game is actually like. And apropos of nothing, um, <laughs> Knives Out is amazing. I yeah. would I would like that the thing because the the gripe that I have with like this multiple ending thing is there's only one answer to the board game like it's all right there in that Manila envelope and so you're giving up too soon if you're guessing without knowing who it is or what really happened and so I did appreciate where they were like it could have happened this way or this way but here's how it really happened so it did tell us there's one right answer sort of but I don't I don't think that multiple endings in this I get why they did it, but um, I would have liked to see the movie go until there is an end, right? And then a real end, like, so the only Knives Out. With, with the remake is Knives Out was such a clue-inspired film. Well, this has to go further with, with not being, or with being more funny. Like, it has yeah, to it, take itself It has to be, like, like, a super wacky goofball. But so you're saying The Rock Tiff needs to be in not it. Not a Tiffany Haddish yeah. Or or um, what's his name? Kevin Hart, Goofy. Yeah, no, that like a Jumanji. Huh? Oh, Kevin Hart. Goofier than that. Uh, no, no, not no, 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 no. That would be too much for me. I, I, I would really hope they. Jim Curry is, like, like you said, point guard of this movie. Like, it needs to be. He needs to be the wackiest part of the movie. Other people should be playing it straight. Yeah. Whose energy do we like like that right now? I don't know. But it, it's so it's so close to Knives Out that it would just feel weird to put the, put it out. Knives Out was such a very clueish film that was really done well and well received and well liked. I'd, I'd mostly agree with you, except that we know who killed the murder victim at the beginning of the move towards the beginning of the movie, and the rest of Knives Out is about solving a, a more important or more backup sort of mystery, right? So in structure, I think that a Clue remake could distinguish or just be distinct from uh, what Knives Out is. And, and there's right, another Knives kind Out of like that a cover considering up. doing, right? It's, yeah, they are doing another one. And it's kind of like a cover-up story, like don't get caught versus... Yeah this where it's like yeah putting together clues the the thing about this movie too though is like it's so based on the game so you don't need as long as you i mean i don't know if you could do better than what these guys did well um, the but, game 
the game is less contrived, right? The idea that six people of just six regular people are at a party and somebody dies makes more sense than six strangers were brought under aliases. And they showed up. And they showed up and six different murders occur. Because they're all being blackmailed. Yeah. So I I think that, I I think it would work. I think it would work. I'm looking forward. I like, um, I might try to get back into mystery novels. As long as they stay true to their colors. (laughs) I want them to be wearing their colors, please, please. That's what I want. Are they wearing their colors in the game? Yeah. Uh, um can you guys tell me what you thought about christopher lloyd because this was a side of him that i i've I've never seen him like this touching ladies butts and being a little uh, er, like inappropriate yeah i i are there other roles like this for him because it was just very bizarre to see him acting that way yeah he was very subdued in this role he was very kind of quiet this wasn't who fared roger rabbit this wasn't anything crazy where he was being, you know, very animated. There's a Taxi show. Is it just called Taxi? Mm-hmm. That he was originally in. Wasn't he more subdued in that show? I don't remember that. Yeah, show. but I'm, I'm talking about, like, touching women's butts without their permission. I'm talking well, about sleeping I mean, with your patient. I'm what, talking about movie, that stuff. The movie was kind of wild. Like, that maid was... I don't know that you could do that maid like in a movie like that now and that's the end of my sentence (laughs) Um, but I also want to say is this this the same year as Back to the Future isn't it 85 Mm -hmm. so he was in I don't know how well this movie did but I heard that it didn't do well because of the multiple endings like that was a bust but I didn't fact check so as far as I'm concerned, the real canonical ending is Miss Scarlet and the Maid. I think it makes the most sense. And it's like, as far as a movie, like with a resolution, it also has the most, I'd say, impact. It's like, it was two murderers. Kind of like Scream. Isn't that Scream? Yeah, yeah Scream was two, two murderers. murderers. Yeah. Um, so maybe Scream is a... Uh, was uh, influenced by this, if we want to go to influences. Actually, yeah, probably was. I, I agree with you, except for I really like the, they all killed someone. And not I re- wish it hadn't been like, because they all had a motive, but that like, at the end, everyone's guilty of one. Like, I, I like that concept. Wait, but you want them to have all murdered somebody, but not because they all had a, mur- a motive? Yeah, like the whole, like it was set up that way. Like I could see it, I, I could see it play out where just throughout the night certain things happen but like none of them meant to get go there and kill anybody so they're just a group of homicidal maniacs no <laughs> like yeah i don't know i don't know how it play out but i i guess i just kind of like the idea that they each did one because there's only in the game there's only one murder so <laughs> it's like one person kills one person with one item in one location. That's yeah. what I would like to have seen. Which is why when I ag- advocate for the for the Miss Scarlet one, I think it's the most coherent idea that one person has a motive for murder, really two. But yeah. like that makes sense that uh, this is me like science brain or something that <laughs> that you bring six random people together 
and they all have a, mur a motive to murder, that kind of just doesn't work for me. But also Miss Peacock doing it doesn't, doesn't work for me. And that's only one person needing to have a motive. But I felt like that was stretching too much butter over a piece of bread to take a Lord of the Rings reference. All right. Do you guys want to talk about Mr. Green being gay? Ooh. Yeah, that, that was handled poorly. It was, except for there was one joke in there that I thought was one of the most tasteful, like, gay jokes I've ever seen. How did it go? Not me. Not it. Not interested. Something yeah. Like okay. So when they're when they're trying to when they first suggest uh, splitting up into groups. And the two two of the men are like really want to uh, get placed or get paired up with the nurse, and then mm -hmm. Mr. Green's like not interested, and like it's like that is like it was, the comic timing was really good. On that, that. Was pretty I funny. thought that was a tasteful enough joke for this movie. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to talk about? Nah, that was it for me. Who was your favorite character? I mean, the butler, Wentworth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. I guess we should also mention the amount of uh, Cold War paranoia that, that yeah. goes into this. <laughs> wait, wait. Socialism was a red herring. Yeah. That's that that came much. That was pretty funny. Now, did they... So this was supposed to take place in 1954. Were they saying socialism back then and not communism? Yes. Yeah. When did it change? It it was there always have been kind of tied together. I think communism is a further version of socialism, but uh, the USSR stands for Union of Socialist Soviet Republics. So my so question even, though is when did they start like in popular you know conversation? When did we start saying it's the communists instead of it's I don't know socialists? I, I really think that they were using both of them all along. E even in nineteen eighty seven. Yeah, they're using them both right now. <laughs> yeah, okay. this is true. You're doing both right now. I, yeah, if you I want... feel like I hear communist more as like, yeah, I didn't, I, I know that they're kind of the same thing, but I- I heard like more I hear socialist socialists because uh, Bernie Sanders was a democratic socialist. And so they were like, see, he admits he's a socialist. I know, I know. He became like this, this like boogeyman term for people. He wants to give us medicine. Which was the um, the plot or part of it, right? Um, the fake thing was like somebody's wife was gonna be taken to the was it McCarthy? Yeah. Committee on uh, the anti-American activities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Also, all of these people tend to be from D.C. Apparently, did they say all six of them, or there was one person who wasn't from D.C.? One who works for these or uh, the government, though. He was the one who doesn't live there. Professor Plum? Yeah. He worked for like the UN? Okay. The who? Yeah, which made sense that she would be collecting secrets. It's like, oh, this makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't like the shark fin soup, but decided not to comment on it at the time. It wasn't shark's fin, was it? Yeah. No, I thought no, it was monkey something. Monkey it was monkey brains. That was the second course. They started uh, with shark fin soup. Oh, Hill House. So Hill House, this was Hill House. Hill House is also something else. Yeah. The haunting of. Which haunting. came first? 
Is there an old version? Is The Haunting of Hill House a remake? Yeah, it's a remake. Yeah, it's an old story. From before this movie came out? Uh, I don't know. I keep wanting to watch it, but keep like wanting to watch it and then like, oh, I'm sitting there with Celia, so I can't watch it. There was a movie in high school that had to do with Hill House. This is so called The Haunting. Yeah. yeah. So and that one had what Catherine Zeta Jones and um, Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah. So I'm just curious about the origin of that place location because this house. one's from the 80s. I think it's just been a story that's a story that's been around for a while. So bringing it up and making it a lot of sort of the location for Clue was you know funny. I think that was a good idea. Yeah. All right. Um, I've asked you a lot of favorites. What? Well, actually, let's go into influences first. What other influences did we not go into yet? Everything. Any kind of murder, mystery, comedy, even that silly murder mystery that, um, uh, what's the name, just did Adam Sandler for Netflix. Like, even that's like a play on Clue. The lights go out. There's a murder. We're trying to figure out who murdered somebody. The lights going out is powerful. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you all stay together in the room when the lights go out, who knows what happens? Yeah. I, I feel like it's a, a fun gag anytime the lights turn out and then they turn back on and somebody's been murdered and somebody screams. Did you guys ever play that game? The no. murder mystery, like no. the murder party? So no. there's a fun game where it's like you, oh, you can't play it with COVID anymore, but one person is their murderer and nobody knows who it is. And so you just go around and it's like kind of like an icebreaker because you go around talking to people and then after a while you'd be like, and you're dead. And then they have to go and sit down because they're dead. And you have to figure out who it is that's killing everybody. Um, it's really fun. I got to be the murderer once and it was awesome. How is it not the last person who talked to that person? Because you have to you have to be slick about it. Because everybody's talking and so you don't know who to watch. And so like, um, like so I'll be like, yeah, yeah, I'm talking to you, Kenan. By the way, you're dead. See you later. And then like you walk away and you go talk, like you go get into another conversation quick enough that like when that person goes and sits down, everyone's like, oh man, who was so-and-so talking to? Do I dare ask how many people you murdered before you were caught? Oh, I murdered a lot of people. <laughs> it was in our old um, house in Roosevelt in college. Oh. Like that Halloween. It was like a, around that time of that Halloween party, actually. Yeah. It was like, we had a whole house full and like, yeah, it was really, really fun. I highly recommend it when COVID's dead. Um, the only other influence I have written down is Wayne's World um, with the alternate endings. Exactly. Okay. Favorite things about this movie that we haven't discussed yet? Well, just the hallway scene. Yeah. Okay. Tim? I like the three endings. It was really fun. I forgot there were three endings. <laughs> I was so confused. <laughs> It's really funny. I was like, oh yeah, there's three endings to this. It's great. There's I, a how how it should have ended YouTube channel. Yeah. That that does the same format like for comic book movies and stuff. Yeah. Oh, it should have ended this way, but this is how it really should have ended. So that yeah. must be a, that must be an influence as well. Yeah, I like it. That's an influence. Um so my favorite episode or episode, my favorite thing was um when the cop gets there and they all have to pretend that they don't have dead bodies all over the place. Yeah. And so it's all like an orgy makeout rooms. Like, yeah. Oh, she's kissing a dead guy. Uh, I forgot guy, about that. And then the, the cook, they're just like playing with her arms and he's just standing in the chair. And, and then they poured alcohol on the one guy and we're like, he's passed out while we make out on the couch. And then there's a really, it's one of those really good gags where he's like, 
well, there's nothing for you to worry about here. And they're like, no. And he's like, nothing you've done here is illegal. <laughs> Meanwhile, what song was it? Was it like, life is but a dream, sweetheart? Like it was a silly song to be playing, although it was 1954. So I guess it's not that silly of a song. But it seemed like a silly song to have playing for like makeout sessions. I don't know. Uh... It was just so funny. I loved that. Okay. <laughs> Anything else you guys want to cover? That's I feel it. like we've... we've We've, we've gotten there. It took us, like, we went kind of zigzaggy, but we made it. We hit every room. It was Shalia in the podcast room with, the, know, micro, right. with the microphone. The microphone. With the microphone cord. With the microphone. No. <laughs> okay, what are we talking about next week? We could do Weekend at Bernie's. It is on. Let's do it. It's Thanksgiving weekend. We're going to have a long weekend. We're going to do Weekend at Bernie's. It's it still streaming for less than $15. Uh, it's free on Amazon Prime. All right. So next week, friends, we are about to head into a long weekend, and hopefully you are too. We've decided to spend our Thanksgiving weekend at Bernie's. It's on Amazon Prime. Yep. We have that subscription, and we'll talk about it next week. When Kendon, what will we be? We'll be back.